0: Bibles. We're going to be going through quite a few scriptures today. Um, As I was preparing this week, I I came across this, uh, something I hadn't really seen before. And and so as I studied it, I realized that this term one another, um, if you've ever uh, researched it or studied it in the Bible, it it is very prevalent in the New Testament. And it's probably not by accident, as we all know. Uh, that it's in there so much. It's in there for a reason because it's important and it's critical to our walk with God and, and functioning as a, a church. And so the title of today's message is Better Together. How many people are glad that you are not sitting in here by yourself right now? It'd be pretty awkward, wouldn't it? This big room, you're sitting in here alone, or if it's just me talking to one person, right? Uh, that would be awkward. It's Things are better together. How many love to be... Well, I, I'm scared to say this. Um, I would say love to be alone. Now, I know that they're probably introverts and people would be okay with that, but imagine being alone, you know, at least if you're like me, like two days, three days, that's fine. But then after a while, like I'm like, I really would like to talk to somebody. I'm just getting tired of interrupting myself and in my own conversations. And so... That's why, if you've ever heard of solitary confinement, solitary confinement. Now, those of you who want to be alone, I would challenge you (laughs) to volunteer for solitary confinement because though we like to be alone at times, I'm sure over a week or even a month after a month, you would give anything to see another person. And so, again, we are by design created to walk together. And so especially as the church and as we're called by God, we are called to walk together. Two of my favorite terms, if those have been around for a while, two things, if you remember. One is personal responsibility. Remember that? Is there three people, four people? How many remember that? Personal responsibility. Do you remember the other one? Huh? Thank you. You get a gold star. Mutual accountability. Mutual accountability. And so we have mutual accountability that's doing life together, isn't it? The only way you can be accountable to someone else is by having someone else to be accountable to, right? And so, again, mutual accountability is is very high priority in this church and in the body of believers. And so this term here, one another, in the Greek, it's kind of funny. If you say the word alone, right, together... One another, it means alone, but it's, you pronounce it with a Lee in the middle. So it's Ali Lone. Ali Lone. Can you say that? Ali Lone. So you'll, now you always remember, just think of alone one another, the opposite, right? I thought it was funny. And then Lee in the middle. Ali Lone. And this term in the New Testament is used 100 times in 94 New Testament verses. 100 times. Okay? Again, it is a priority that we do things together. 47 of the verses provide instruction to the church, and 60% came from Paul, the apostle. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for this opportunity just to share your word. Lord, I pray that you will just uh, speak, Lord, today to our hearts, that you would challenge us, Lord, in areas that we need to be challenged and change us, Lord, in those places we need to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, so one thing I wanted to share today is, is as we start, our, the name of this church, if you didn't know, is Crossroad International Church. Crossroad, actually, there's a reason. I don't know if any of you have gotten frustrated because there's no S on the end. We didn't, like, forget that or do that by accident, just so you know. Like, a lot of people always say Crossroads International Church. Um, it's crossroad for a reason because it's supposed to, of course, be this place of decision, but it's also supposed to depict that this we are on this road leading to the cross. Okay, That's why it was designed that way and said that way. And, and again, we are on this road together. We are on the road of the cross together, and so again, we are better together. And the first way that we are better together, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all 59 of these occurrences of one another. I'm going to read the entire verse. Is that all right? Is that good? <laughs> you should see some of the looks I'm getting right now. Those of you can't see, you're like, well, by my watch, you're going to get through about 10. Um, no, we're not going to do all 59, so just be patient. So I've, what we've done is I've grouped a few of them together. I'm not going to hit all of them. That is your homework. If you're using the Bible app, anybody using that, the YouVersion app? On there, there is an a, a extensive list of those verses for your viewing pleasure later, okay? So we're just going to hit some of them, and again, I've grouped some of them together. So the first way that we are better together is that we need to walk or run together. We need to walk or run together, all right? Mark uh, chapter 9, verse 50 it says, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Okay? How many salty people are there today? (laughs) Salty, crusty? Yeah, go outside and sweat for a little bit and you'll be salty. No, but we are called to be salty. See, the problem is is that as Christians, if we get by ourselves and we, we disconnect from the church or we're not in community, we can really be thinking we're doing really well, but we're not. And when we fall into hard times, if we're not in a community of people and together with others, we fall into a, 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 how do you say it? We fall into this dangerous place of being, thinking that everything is well, right? See, one of the hardest things in the church is when you hit crisis, if you have not invested in the community of believers here, if you've not been and established that, then all of a sudden we can't know that you're suffering. Story after story, time after time, we hear the church, like, people will just stop showing up. And we, you know, as pastors, we go track them down, you know. We get with the police and find out their location. And just kidding. Only a few people we've done that with. But no. Um, but we track them down and we say, well, wh- where have you been? And like, oh, well, I, you know, I went through this tough time and nobody came to see me. I'm like, well, are you in a life group? Uh, did you call somebody? No. Now, we hear from God, (laughs) okay, right, Steve? I mean, but, you know, sometimes we don't get every single message that comes through. You know, our our machine is full, and sometimes it doesn't quite get through to us. So, you know, unless God puts a sign in the sky that says, you need to go visit so-and-so because they're going through this, we're not going to know unless you tell us, or unless you're in community, or tell your life group leader or somebody in the church. And so that, again, is what it means to walk or to run together, Romans twelve sixteen and 15, verse 5, it talks about being of the same mind with one another. Another way that we walk together is, is that in, we accept one another, Romans 15, verse 7. Another way is that we wait for one another before beginning the Eucharist or the communion. All right? Has anybody ever read that in the Bible? It's kind of, it's humorous to me, but there was actually, they had to actually say this because... When they would do communion in the Bible, it tells you in the, in the Scripture that you're supposed to eat first before you come because people are coming hungry and eating everything and starting without everyone showing up. How many think are thankful that we don't do that here at Crossroad? We wait for you. We'll wait for you to arrive, and we have plenty. But, but again, this is talking about doing things together, not just being selfish and doing things on our own. Galatians 5, 25 and 26, it says, don't boastfully challenge or envy one another. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Listen, don't look around this church at other people and say, well, man, I wish I had the talents they have or I wish I could do what they do because I promise you that every single person in here has a talent and a gift that God has given you. And, Sometimes it's just a matter of discovering what that is, and if you don't know what that is, we can help you do that. You come talk to us, and we have, we have resources to give you and help you discover where your giftings are. You are gifted. Do not ever let anybody tell you anything else. Now, let me just give a little subnote to this. Please know what your gifting is. As Steve has mentioned many times, you know, he is not the gifted guy to come up and sing for us, right? <laughs> All right? You just, Kathy, you just get that alone in your house <laughs> while he's in the shower, I guess. So know your gifting. And because and here's the thing is I've seen time and time again in the church where people try to step out because they want to do something, but it may not be your gifting. And listen, let, let me just, as your pastor say this, we may try to help you find your gifting, If we come up to you and say very gently, like, you know, this may not be the place for you. Don't be offended. We're just trying to help you get to where you need to go. And we will. And so, you know, if if you're not a good cook, please just go to the store and buy something when we have potlucks. Just buy something and bring it. It's okay. We won't judge you. We just know that you're confident in your gifting. Okay? Don't try to cook something and bring it that doesn't taste good. Amen? Can we all agree on that? We all love each other, and we're committed to one another. And Lulu's got some pretty good food, hot food, so just use that to your advantage. Don't be envious of one another. Ephesians 4, 2, 3, as again, we're talking about this, we need to walk together. Ephesians 4, 2, and 3 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, I like how one person puts it it's gently and patiently tolerate one another. Listen, you're not everyone's favorite person. I hate to tell you that. I'm not everyone's favorite person. And it's okay. We can still love one another without necessarily liking one another. <laughs> Amen? How many know that love is a choice at times? True love is a choice. It is not a feeling. It's not more than a feeling. It is more than a feeling, actually. I'm not going to sing the song. But love, love is a choice. Anybody who's married in here can attest to this, I think, that at times, your spouse, you choose to love them. Again, we joke all the time, but it's true. It's funny because my life, our life is funny most of the time. But Leanna tells me often that she is choosing to love me right now because I do things on a daily basis to challenge that, and I want her to grow in that. And so that's that's why God's put me in her life, and as she's nodding over there, I do a great job at it, okay? We all have to be good at something. So we must gently and patiently tolerate one another in love, amen, as we walk together. Ephesians 4.32, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Colossians uh, 3.13 says, Bear with and forgive one another. 1 Thessalonians, seek good for one another and don't repay evil for evil. Even in the church, we don't do that. Don't complain against one another, James. And James 5.16, it says, Confess your sins to one another. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And this is the one I really wish we could just get down. I think we do it okay at times, but we need to be open and honest. You need to have at least one person in this church that you can be just completely open with, hopefully more, but where you can just be like, you know what, I'm struggling today. Because the greatest weapon that Satan uses is isolation. And you think about whatever sin it is, because I know you're all dealing with some sin, I can see it. We all, I am too. But whatever that sin is, if you think about it, you're probably, none of you, if I offered this microphone, would stand up and share it with everybody right now, would you? Why? Because it's embarrassing. And you, you want to keep it hidden. And when sin is hidden, that's when it has power. But we confess our sins to each other, we hold each other up in prayer, and that is how we gain the victory, amen? That's when, that's when sin loses its power. And so I would encourage you, if you don't have that person, you need someone in your life. We need people around us as we walk together. Why do we need people? It's safer, it's supportive, and it's smarter. Okay? So let's all be smart, and we need people around. An old proverb says this. It says, when you run alone, you run fast. When you run together, you run far how true is that? I remember uh, in the military army, as a lot of you know, I was in for a while, for about eight years, and we did running. We ran for no reason but to run, which is frustrating to me. It's like unless, yeah, unless there's a fire or the police are chasing me, I don't want to run. Not that I've ever been chased by the police, but um, running, we run, but we would run in groups, okay, and the thing was, I remember certain places uh, when we were in Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, you run, and we'd get off the road, and we'd go into the woods, and it was so early in the morning, it was still dark, and so it was just weird running, like, I would not run by myself through a dark woods. But when you're running in this group, and the last thing you want to do is fall out, as long as you're in the group, you have, you feel like you're safe, and and then they're spurring you on, they're pushing you. And what we would always do, they hated it, I could actually run pretty well, but you take the, the, the slowest guy or girl, and you put them in the front of the formation, and you just yell and scream at them, like, don't fall out. But, but the, the group behind them, they go at a pace that that person can go. But that person's being pushed because they've got all these people running with them. And so this is a great picture, I think, of, of what we're talking about here, about walking and running together. And so to summarize all this, this portion, I think one word would be Unity. Unity. Has anybody ever done a three-legged race where you're tied to somebody else? You've got, it takes a few minutes, but you finally find that rhythm, don't you, where you're both, you're moving in sync with one another and you're able to move quickly. And that is, that is what we want is unity. This, this, this term here for, for one another, these one another's, one third of these deal with one accord in the church or unity in the church, a third of them. And so again, we have to have unity amongst the body of believers here. Amen? So we need to walk or run together. The second one is we need to work together. We need to work together. Romans 12.10, give preference to one another in honor. Philippians 2.3, three says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Listen, this solves about 99% of the issues we deal with in the church. If we walk in humility, if we if we take a step down and we don't try to promote ourselves or put ourselves above someone else, it, it solves it, right? Because, see, if that person tries to get lower then you try to get lower and that person tries to get lower, pretty much you're both just on the floor in no time and everything's resolved because we don't need that. When there's pride in the church, that's where things start to unravel. And so I would just encourage you because, really, what is Not talking to somebody else about your sin. Doesn't it come down to pride? To admit that you struggle? I'm not saying like, you know, every single tiny little sin along the way, but if if you have a sin in your life that you are not overcoming or seeing victory in, or you're not winning in, then you need help. And don't let pride stand in the way of you finding that help. Galatians 5.13, working together is serving one another. John thirteen fourteen. wash one another's feet, okay? That doesn't have the same significance today as it did back then, all right? Has anybody washed someone's feet? Okay, in a church setting? Okay, small group. Outside, has anybody washed anyone's feet when they came over or anything? Okay, because that would be strange to you, right? If you went to somebody's house and they offered to wash your feet, would you feel like it got awkward suddenly? (laughs) Yeah, it would. Because in in these days, in Bible times, people would walk and they'd walk through. There was all kinds of stuff on the road, animal stuff and dirt and dust and just nasty. And so it was a custom when some visitor came to your home, the servant would wash their feet. And they would, you know, clean them, and they would put uh, stuff on it to make it, you know, to soften their feet and to, to replenish the dry skin. And it was the lowliest person, typically, the servant in the home. And so what this is is it's talking about this humility, right? And we may not wash each other's feet, but that needs to be our attitude of heart. Amen? That if we have that attitude that we are serving one another, we're here to serve each other, that is the attitude that we need. Ephesians 5.21, we need to be subject to one another. And in 1 Peter 5.5, it says this. It says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if for no other reason, if you want grace from God, then you need humility. Because what does the scripture just say? It says he opposes the proud, the haughty. And if you're walking around and if you're not willing to, to humble yourself, it says that you will be opposed by God. If there's somebody that you want on your team, it's God, okay? If there's somebody you want on your team, it's God. God, he's number one, and he's the first one to be picked for kickball or whatever, right? He's the, he's the guy, God, you want on your team, and so again, if there's pride in your life, and again, the Bible says that we have to what? Humble ourselves. It comes down to us regardless. Now, God will help to humble you (laughs) or bring you to that place of decision, but at the end of the day, we have to release that. We have to give that. We have to humble ourselves, and so again, I would encourage you to do that, and so as we, we see this, we need the need to work together. One of the best things that I can recommend, and I hit it on a little bit already, is life groups. Life groups. If you are not in a life group, as we prepare, we're going to be launching here uh, in about a month or so probably. Get into a life group. And if the time if there's not one that is a time suited for you, then start one in a time that's suited, and we'll do our best to funnel people into that because you know why? Because that creates community, and that is how we work together, and that is the best place for you to walk out your faith, because you're having to walk in humility. You're having to wash each other's feet, if you will. You're sharing your burdens with one another, right? It's community. Even a group this size, it's impossible for you to be close to every single person in this room, and this is a smaller group. Again, once everybody comes back, we expand, and you know, there's just no, there's no way it's impossible. And so I would just challenge you to get into a life group, be prepared to, to get into that and, and you'll just spur your walk on. And that is how we can walk together and work together. Humility kind of summarizes this portion of, of working together and about 15% of the one another's stress, this attitude of humility. Okay. So humility is key. And then we need to we walk together, we work together, and lastly, we need to witness together. In John 13, verses 34 through 35, it says this A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love. For one another. And there's a whole slew of scriptures that have the same thing. John does a lot of it in his gospel and his epistles. He covers this idea of loving one another. And I want you to catch that last bit. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Listen, it's not about you going out and putting a box on the side of the road and being able to quote, you know, half the New Testament. What people are looking at is how we love each other in this body. When people walk into this church and they, they say, well, there's something different here, it's like, yeah, there should be something different here. When they come in and they feel the love, they feel God's presence, and they see how we talk to one another and how we care for one another, that is how the world knows that we are his disciples. And so, again, loving one another is key, and we do this, this is how we witness to the world. This is how we witness to the world. And if you're not engaged here, then how can anyone ever know that you're a Christian? These people that, I always sit on this from time to time, you know, the people that attend church online, right? Now, again, if you're out of town traveling, you can't make it, that's great, I understand. But if your church is online online, How do you love those people if you're not there? Let me just put it this way. It's easy to love those people when you're not there with them, isn't it? (laughs) You never have to deal with any of the mess. You never have to deal with any of the stuff that goes on. They're never going to say anything that offends you because they can't talk to you. They don't even know you're there. Right? And the world can never see love in action if you're just attending church from a, a distance. So... Welcome to the mess. Thanks for jumping in with us. And we're going to love each other and we're going to work through it. Amen. Amen. Church is messy at times. All right? 1 Peter 5:14, greet one another with a kiss of love. In this part of the world, we can understand that. I had to remind myself when I was back in the States and went to our church and <laughs> went to somebody came in and I was like first like are we handshaking? Are we hugging? And then it's like I started to kind of go for the oops, wrong country, and I had to back out because it's, it's different. So in this culture, in our setting, we kind of understand the whole greeting each other with a kiss, right, for the most part? Yeah? If you don't, you're in for a shock, so, okay? So, But kissing is a way, it's a respect, it's a, it's a love, it's a way to show that, and so we can understand that. Romans 12, 9 through 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. It says, let love be genuine, Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. And check this out, outdo one another in showing honor. It's a challenge to outdo each other. If you're going to outdo somebody, do it in this, showing honor to one another. 1 Corinthians 4.26 says, When, then, brothers, when, notice the word when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Key word, when, and then we hit on that, was when. We do have to gather together. And so to summarize, our witness is the word love. Love one another. Now here's just some, some random ones that didn't quite fit into to these subjects as I wrap up here. Do not judge one another and don't put a stumbling block in a brother's way. Romans 14, 13. Husbands and wives don't deprive one another of phys- physical intimacy. Okay? Amen? All right? Don't, don't do that. It's not doesn't work out well. All right? Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 4.25 says this, "'Therefore, having put away falsehood, "'let each one of you speak the truth to his neighbor, "'for we are members one of another.'" Again, it kind of goes back to what I said initially. That's that's true love, right? When you if you have children, when your child does something wrong, true love brings correction. Right? It's not always the funnest thing. They don't always enjoy it or they're not happy about it. But if you truly love them, you're not gonna let them continue on doing wrong. And so the biggest thing in the church is when correction does need to be brought. It needs to become if we're both being if we're all being humble, and we're walking in love, that correction should be received much better than the long bony finger of judgment. Right? None of us have that place to say, "Oh, well, look at you and your sin." You now it's look at me and my sin, and I understand where you're at, and I just want to be able to help you. But we still need to be honest with people. And if you see somebody stumbling, if you see somebody with egg on their face, booger hanging out of their nose, whatever you want to to label it as, you tell them, right? Have you ever been out to eat and you get food on your face? No, I'm the only one that eats like that. Just throw it in the general vicinity. And I don't know, you know how many times have you eaten with somebody and then you get done and you get home and you look and you've got like all this food like smeared up the side of your face? Listen. Listen. Let me just help you, since some of you seem a little lost. If you are a true friend, just cut through the awkwardness and say, you know what, you got food all over your face, man. Can you just, can you take care of that? Because that's what people do, right? That's what friends do. And that's a good gauge of friendship, by the way, just so you know. If you think somebody's your friend and they don't tell you that, just, yeah, you might want to move on. All right? But yeah, if you care about somebody, you're going to tell them that they're doing something wrong or there's something wrong. And so, again, this is what this scripture about speaking truth to one another. Again, kind of springboarding off of that, uh, Colossians uh, 3.9 says, don't lie to one another. That's, do I need to unpack that? All right. Let's just start there, okay? Don't lie to each other. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.17-18, it says, then we who are alive... Who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore encourage one another with these words. Listen, sometimes we just need encouragement. People that are struggling with sin, people that are stumbling, and again, that's that knowing, sometimes it's not necessarily correction that needs to be brought, they just need encouragement. Because if we're honest with ourselves, the sin that we've struggled with, sins that we've had to wrestle with, it took time. We don't always experience a win right out the gate, do we? You you stand up, and then you fall. You stand up, and you fall. But over time, as God just works that out in you, there's always love, there's always mercy, there's always grace. And the big thing is you just keep getting up, because God has given you the power. If, if there wasn't power to, to defeat the sin, then everything's a waste, right? We have the power over sin, but at times it's just unlearning and and just having to make those mistakes. It's like when your child learns how to ride a bike or something, you know, you give them that little nudge, you put them on there, slap a helmet, and you give them a shove. No, that's crazy, right? Nobody did that, I hope. You don't just do that and then they fall down and you get up, what are you doing? Why can't you ride this bike? You're a moron. (laughs) Nobody did that, right? Bad parenting if you did. No, what do we do? We get up, are you okay? It's okay, you got this. So you get them back up and you settle them in, you straighten out their thing, brush the dirt off, and then what? You give them another little push and then they're starting to figure it out and they're riding, right? I, I don't have, I can't do my feet. I know why I'm doing my hands. But they're riding <laughs> and they feel like they're doing it all on their own, but you're kind of like right there shadowing them, right? That's how God is with us. And that's how we need to be with each other okay? That's how we need to be with each other. We need to encourage each other and build each other up, and we need to spur each other on, all right? And we need to comfort each other, as this was talking about, in that, you know what? This might get bad here on earth, but our future, our eternal hope of glory is far greater than anything we'll experience in this world. And we need to be reminded of that sometimes, because you know what? Not a popular message, but Sometimes being obedient and saying yes to God isn't going to lead you to comfort. Are there mountaintops? Sure. And I would take being in the valley with Jesus than being on a mountaintop by myself any day. And so we need to remind each other that, you know what? It does stink. Your, your, your situation right now is hard. It's tough but Jesus is with you and he will not leave you or forsake you. And at the end of it all, in the light of eternity, this life is but a vapor. It's just a moment. And we need to just be reminded of that from time to time. A few more. First Thessalonians 5:11, we need to encourage and build one another up. James 5:16, pray for one another. I would encourage you again, pray for each other. Again, if you're trying to pray for everybody in this room, it's, it's hard, but this is where life groups come in to play in that life group, get plugged in and then you can hear the needs and you can pray and, and, and do that because you, you hear other people's situations and it even brings encouragement to yourself. It lets you get the focus off of all your stuff and you, right? It puts pride down because you're actually lifting someone else up above yourself. You're, you're caring for other people. Life group is, is key to pray for one another and to go along with life groups, I guess, is the last one, is First Peter 4.9, is, is be hospitable to one another. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. That last part's key. Without grumbling. Now, I know none of you ever do this. And somebody's coming over to your house that your spouse might have invited over and you're getting everything ready, and you're just like, oh, this is so dumb. I don't want to do this. Why would you invite these people to my house? Hey, how are you? It's so good to see you. Come on in. You're already grumbling. Don't grumble. Just love each other. Inconvenience yourself from time to time. Have people to your house. Welcome them in. Show yourself friendly. Amen? So again, As we close, we need to walk together. We need to work together. And we need to witness together. And as we do that, we'll become better together. Amen? Amen. There is, I would encourage you if you get a chance uh, to get onto the YouVersion app. There should be, uh, if you're on there, I don't know if you can give me a thumbs up. There should be, there's a reading plan I found that was, uh, really stood out to me. Uh, It's called 31 Days of Serving, and it goes along with this one another teaching. Imagine if we all would spend 31 days, the next 31 days, looking for ways to serve one another. You want to draw closer to God? Serve somebody. Serve people. Serve the church. Serve those around you. Serve your family. Okay? Just serve. God sees it, and God will bless you for that. Amen? Amen? Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today. God, I thank you for this message. God, I just, I'm just i thankful that we don't walk this journey alone. God, I thank you that you've given us each other, that you've given us this body of believers, Crossroad International Church, Lord. God, that we can walk and show our love for one another, that we can demonstrate what that looks like to the world. Jesus, we look at your time here on earth, and you didn't walk it alone. You walked it with the disciples. And so, God, I'm thankful that we can, can model that in our own lives. And, God, I pray that just we have been challenged this morning, that we've heard at least one thing, Lord, where we can grow and we can apply. God, that we can, um, again, just become more like you and, and walk in humility. God, I just ask, Father, that you would just uh, not let us leave this place the same way that we came, God, that you've done work in our hearts. God, I pray just, Lord, for Crossroad International Church, Father God, as we prepare to receive people back, but God, as, as probably many new people will be coming, uh, Father God, I pray that as they walk into this place, Lord God, that they sense your presence, God, but that they, they, they see the love that we have for one another in this place. God, that we have something that the world cannot offer that this is a love that goes beyond anything that you see on television or in the world, but that, God, this is the love that you talk about that's agape, that is a choice, that we love people, we love each other, and, God, that we accept each other. God, I pray that we just take times and take moments, Lord, to inconvenience ourselves for others. God, that we see somebody that's that's struggling or or, or off by themselves, Lord, or crying, that we stop and go to them and And we spend time, Lord God, that we're willing to get messy. We're willing to get dirty. We're willing to get into other people's situations, Lord God, and journey with them. Father, I thank you that you've designed us to be this way. God, help us to love well. God, help us to be mindful that we are not in this alone. God, I thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name.